but first and foremost, can, can, I, can I feel like I'm at home? First and foremost, uh, thank Apostle Victor, this humble general. You should have shouted right there. Because sometimes you don't even know what you have in your midst because they've been with you so long that you don't understand the value of the man of God that you have. But this is a general in our city. You cannot go through what this man of God went through and not be a general on this side of time. Let me help you out. Satan don't attack nobody that ain't doing anything. And if it took fire to attack this church, what about 14, 15 years ago? If it took fire to unnerve what God had planted in the earth, it lets you know the enormity of the assignment and the assault on the kingdom of darkness. So I'm going to give you one more opportunity to celebrate your apostle. Hallelujah. Now while you're doing that, I want to thank God for every man and woman of God in this place tonight and you God's children who have been purchased by the sinless blood of the Lamb. I want you for about 45 seconds, begin to clap your hands as loud as you can. Hallelujah. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Clap your hands, all your people. Clap your hands, all your people. Clap your hands, all your people. I'm trying to stir you up for war. I'm trying to stir you up for war. I'm trying to stir you up for war. Come on, clap your hands. Clap your hands. Something's going to shift in this region. Something's going to shift on this corner. Come on, clap your hands. Clap your hands. Clap your hands. Come on, come on, come on. Now I want you to begin to shout. Come on, shout. Come on, release a thunderous shout. Shout, shout, shout. Release a thunderous shout. Come on, we're going to affect the atmosphere. We're going to affect the atmosphere. We're going to affect the atmosphere. Come on, come on, come on. We're going to shake up the heavenlies. Come on, we're going to shake up the high places. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For the shout of the king is in the midst of the people of God tonight. For the voice of the lion of the tribe of Judah is in the midst of the people of God tonight. Come on, shout. We're going to stir something up. On this corner. Come on, come on, come on. I hear the sound. I hear the sound of the shofar. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Hello, Shout. Glory to God. We command the heavenlies. We command the high places. We command every prince. We command every ruler. We command every power over this region, over this corner, over this area. We command you to give way. We command to loose your hold over that which belongs to this church, the possession of the people. We command souls to come out of satanic bondage, yokes, and chains, and enslavement. Tonight, we break the chains 
of the bands of wickedness over this corner. And we command the harvest to come in from the east, to come in from the west, to come in from the north, to come in from the south. We command every soul to hear the voice of the shepherd calling you out of addiction, calling you out of perversion, calling you out of darkness. We command the light of the glory of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to pierce through the darkness in souls tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus. Now come on and shout hallelujah. Glory. Glory to God. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's time for war. Come on, I want you to turn to your neighbor. Say, neighbor, it's time to get your fight back. Neighbor, there's a war going on. I come tonight to stir up the warrior in you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My God, my God. Come on. It's on now. It's on now. Hallelujah. Now, y'all better sit down and let me get into this. I'm only going to give you half of what I got here. Because what's been stirring in my heart is an understanding that in this hour, whether we realize it or not, there is warfare over your life. And there is a generation in the body of Christ who don't understand spiritual warfare. There is a generation in the body of Christ that don't know how the enemy works against you and I. And if you and I are going to get the victory, and if you and I are going to experience the freedom that Jesus has purchased for us, we're going to have to learn how to war, and we're going to have to understand the strategies of the enemy against us. Come on, tell somebody amen. amen. Now, I want to talk to you from this theme tonight for a little while. Journey to freedom journey to freedom is there anybody in here tonight that needs to be free in some other areas of your life that you know that you ain't free yet you love jesus you love him with all of your heart you come to church sunday after sunday week after week but there's still the acknowledgement that there's some area in your life that you're not free in come on come on i know i'm talking to the people of god because we love god uh, uh, apostle I, I begin to analyze some things about what it is that we struggle with how it is that God's people truly love Jesus. He saved you. He's washed you in his blood. But yet still we struggle in some areas and, and we don't know how to break free. And we need to begin to understand how it is that the enemy works against us. Because you need to understand that your enemy knows you. Tell your neighbors and neighbor. Your enemy knows you. You got to learn how he operates. <laughs> Hallelujah. And as a subtitle, I want to talk to you from this subject. Deliverance is a choice. 
We have thought that after we have, I'm going to get to my text, but I feel like flowing. Is that all right? We have thought that after we've come to Jesus, everything is all over. All of the struggle is all over. And depending on what persuasion of Christianity you came out of, you've been taught that once you come to Jesus, everything is just going to be all right. But how many know you wake up and you find out that everything just ain't all right? There's a devil that wants to destroy you and I. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But you and I must know that in order for us to have complete freedom, in order for us to experience the freedom that's been purchased for us, in order for us to experience the freedom that Jesus said is ours, he said, you may know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So just knowing the truth alone is just not enough. Because if you don't know how to apply that truth against your enemy, you can be saved, washed in the blood, but still bound in some areas of your life. Somebody say amen. amen. I want to set you free or start the process of getting you free in your mind. Come on, say neighbor. My mind must be totally free in every area. Second Corinthians chapter 10 Verses 3, 4, 5, and 6. The scripture said, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations of every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought unto the obedience of Christ. But we kind of stop right there. And the scripture said, and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience has been fulfilled. So there is a prescription right there that tells us that there is a warfare to the believer. And Paul is not writing to unsaved people. He's writing to believers. And he's saying that if you don't understand the strategies of the enemy, it's possible that the enemy can build what's called strongholds in your life. But if we don't know how he operates, then he can establish his stronghold. Say, neighbor. The enemy of your soul operates in the realm of thought. So there has been much debate over if Christians need deliverance or can be possessed by demons. Now don't look around and say he's, this, this boy done lost his, 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 his sense now. But I want you to stay with me. Because this is exactly what Satan wants you and I to possibly think is not probable or possible. Because according to your definition of possession, you can have the idea of the exorcist with Linda Blair, Blair with, with, you know, with her head spinning around, eyes turning green, pea soup being spit out. And, you know, the, 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 the priest could not do anything with her. And we look at that as being possession. But if Satan has any area of your life, he occupies. So there is possession where there is occupation. So I want you to understand something tonight that God wants you totally free in every area of your life. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, tonight we're going to start the path to freedom. 
Because he establishes strongholds. And what that is in the Greek is a castle. A castle has foundations. It must be built. A foundation must be laid. And then the substructure must be accomplished. And then everything is built upon it. And once it is built, it is a sound fortified structure. And what Satan wants to do in the area of thought is establish strongholds in your mind. Glory to God. That creates arguments against the knowledge of God. And if he can create contradictions within your mind. Glory to God. Then you will find yourself back. Bound and supposed to be free. Say neighbor. Tonight. We're going to deal with. The strategies. Of the enemy. All right. So. Watch this now. Possess means domination. It means actuation. Or to be turned on. Hear me now. It means to be turned on. And what this means is when Satan has access into your life, he can turn you on whenever he wants to. So neighbor, is there any area in your life right now where Satan can turn you on? So it means to be impelled or obsession by feeling. Or by idea. It means to lose control over your mind or thoughts. It means territorial domination or control. Our goal is to take back any territory in your mind that's been given over to the enemy. Can anybody say amen in here? Praise the Lord. Now I want to show you how it is that Satan gets a hold of our mind. But we're going to move And I want to get someplace first. Now, deliverance is a journey to health and wholeness from the effects of what we were saved from. How many know we're saved, but once we get saved, we're still struggling with something. Having come out of drug addiction, saved, watched in the blood of Jesus, I still had a struggle, glory to God, with the stronghold of drug addiction. And drug addiction would call me back, although I love Jesus, I'm washed in the blood, seeking him with all of my heart, that stronghold would call me back. The effects of it was still on my life. It's just like some of the things that we've been delivered out of uh, uh, regarding to sin. But the effects of that thing still has its hold on our soul. Why? Because whatever affected your mind was built there over time and it's got to be deconstructed. Come on, say amen. So what right now, what we want to do is we want to begin to start a deconstruction process in your mind. Whatever has been established has been established brick by brick. But what we have to do by the Holy Ghost is to tear it down brick by brick. So freedom is a journey. Say, say, saints, make no mistake about it. You're deceived if you think you're totally free. And, and this is why much of the body of Christ come to church and put up fronts. I'm all right. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Running for my life. Can't wait to get to heaven. I'm blessed and highly favored. But you go home and you're struggling with stuff. 
Come on. And God don't want us to try to put up a farce because what you don't identify, you can't crucify. And whatever is in our life that's been seated there either through your generational line or even after you've come through the cross of Calvary and Satan himself has methodically planted something in you, that thing has to be dealt with. If you don't confront it, come on now, you can't pull it down. Say, neighbor, you can't hide from it no more. You can't shout over it no more. You can't dance around it no more. You got to confront it. My assignment in this season is to help the body of Christ get free. Neighbor, write this down. Because it's free people that free people. What is about to be released in this earth, you have not seen the wickedness. There has been an authorization through legislation to open up a portal of hell into the earth realm now and we look around and we see demon possessed people that they put med- medical and, 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 and psychological terms on them to try to identify what, what's going on in their life but demons have entered into the earth realm and are possessing those who are outside of Christ Satan is looking for a foothold into your life doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not but if you don't learn how to put up a perimeter defense Come on, say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, you can't receive deliverance unless you accept it. Deliverance can never come unless you want it. I don't care how much you pray for somebody. I don't care how much you baptize them in oil, apostle. I don't care how much, you know, we, 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 we come, they come up to the altar, you know, we labor over them. Unless they really want it, they ain't going to get it. Say, deliverance must be welcomed. So bondage is a complete opposite of freedom. Bondage is the state of being bound by or subjected to some external or internal power. And this is why we got to understand the realm of darkness. That kingdom is very organized and it's organized against you to your demise. And the church seems to be oblivious that there is a spiritual kingdom. There is a kingdom of darkness that is so organized. And if we don't gain some understand, understanding by how it operates against us, I don't care how much you love Jesus, you're still going to be defeated. Come on. You ain't going to be able to reign and rule until you understand how the satanic kingdom works against you. Say, so neighbor, we're going to get some tools. Mm-hmm. So freedom means, means to be exempt from external or internal control or interference. Some of us don't know that what we've been going through in our homes, in our marriages, in our finances. Come on now. It's been external interference. But how did it happen? First of all, Satan has to get some internal operation into your life. He's got to get a foothold into your life. Remember, we have been given power and authority over all of the power of the enemy. But Satan needs authorization. 
He cannot operate against us except we give him legal authority. This is how powerful you are. Greater is he that is in you than he who is in the world. Satan looks for an opening for you and I to give him legal access. And so once he comes in, he wants to regulate you. He wants to relegate you. He wants to fence you in. Some of you have been uh, 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 dealing with financial situations for a long time. Can't seem to figure out why you're still in that situation. Why it seems like you're in a limited place. Why it seems like you're boxed in. But you don't understand witchcraft either. See, if you begin to understand how it is that some of these people who are on the dark side, say neighbors say the dark side. Once they come from the dark side to the light, they begin to tell us how it is that they have power over us. The people who they had power over were people who were lukewarm, who were carnal and worldly. But they had no power over somebody who had a fiery prayer life. Say, neighbor, you got to get some fire in your prayer life. Say, neighbor, you're not going to make it with 15 minutes of prayer. See, Jesus set a standard. He says, can you not watch with me for one hour? See, the powers of darkness have no power over a praying saint. Why, why, why do you stay free, Pastor Vincent? Because I spent a whole lot of time warring over my soul. Why do you stay free, Pastor Vincent? Because I know my weaknesses. Says, hey, neighbor, you got to know your weaknesses. Because Satan knows your weaknesses. And what you and I have to do is we have to labor in the spirit over our weakness. Satan has been in the earth for millennial. He knows you like the back of your hand. He knows your propensities. He knows your habits. He knows your inclinations. He is not omnipresent. He is not omniscient. But he has studied you long enough to know that if he puts a bait before you, exactly what you're going to do. Is anybody getting help tonight? this now so in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 5 it says casting down casting down imaginations turn your neighbor to neighbor you have to learn to have skill at casting down noema now imaginations start with thought thought mushrooms into imaginations. You and I have to become skillful at recognize whose thought just landed in our mind. You probably have thousands of thoughts like a runway running through your mind by the minute. Some of y'all come to church, but your mind is somewhere else. Sometimes you're doing something, but you can't focus on what you're doing. And, and, and all of the thoughts that you have coming through your mind ain't holy and wholesome. 
So you have to learn whose thought is coming through your mind. Because you can't stop the birds from flying over, but you can certainly stop the birds from nesting. Just like you can't stop the thoughts from coming through your mind, but you can certainly learn how to cast them down. Say, neighbor, be quick to analyze every thought that comes through your mind. Because what Satan is looking to do, he's looking to establish his noema in your mind. That's his plan. That's his thought. That's his will. And he wants you to carry out his will. Because the one thing he wants to do is discredit Christ. How do I do it? I do it by defiling you. So it's all right. You love Jesus, but I still got you bound in an area of your mind. Whoever controls the mind controls the person. Just like God is vying out for your mind, Satan is vying out for your mind too. So what Satan wants to do is to get you to meditate on his thought long enough. And here's what he does. You don't even recognize that it's his thought because he makes it seem like it's your thought. So how do I differentiate? I have to know the will of God. If I don't know the word of God, I can't analyze whose thoughts. The temptation of Jesus in the wilderness was all about warfare over the mind. I was in prayer today and the Holy Ghost began to talk to me. He said, son, that was really not about the temptation. It was about us understanding warfare. It was about us understanding how Jesus got the victory over the thoughts of the enemy. And he only has three ways to come. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. The same temptation Jesus went through was the same temptation that Eve went through in Genesis 3.6. Satan uses nothing new. Turn your neighbor to neighbor. Satan uses nothing new. New. And so we have to learn how to cast down imaginations of every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing into captivity every noema to the obedience of Christ. Now. I don't have time to really go through which, how much time do I have. Amen. Praise God. Because I feel like teaching, I feel like preaching, I almost feel like prophesying. But I want to give you this because if we're going to understand this dimension of warfare. Now, I'm, what I'm talking to you about right now is just low level. I'm not even talking about high level. I'm not talking about demons that's assigned to pastors, families, churches, regions. I'm talking about, come on, spiritual wickedness over your life. Because there's another dimension. And until we begin to understand how to wage war. See, now when we begin to deal with principalities, we got to understand united prayer. That's why I believe, Apostle, that we are not just here to celebrate Pastor Eugene. That's how God got us here. But what he did was he brought the church 
into a region, glory to God, to establish his altar. Do you not know that there are altars, satanic altars, established in this region? Where blood sacrifice, kolobosaya, have been, come on now, blood sacrifice, come on now, points of covenant have been established here. And until we begin to understand united prayer, united sustained prayer, those altars are not going to come down. We're in prayer. 6 a.m. prayer. And I'm praying. And the Holy Ghost puts this authority on me and I know that I'm taken over by the Holy Ghost because I feel like I'm out of my body but I'm in my body. And I'm praying and I know I'm face to face with a major principality. And while we're praying, the Lord said, speak against the false altars. Come against the false altars. And as I began to come against the false altars, then the Lord said, establish my altar now. And when I began to do that, my wife had a vision and she saw the blood of Jesus. And so what we got to understand, saints of God, Calvary, Christian fellowship, the Lord is summonsing you to united corporate sustained prayer. United corporate sustained prayer. And when you begin to deal with the points of covenant in the spirit, sir, the place ain't going to be big enough. Soto Bocote. Jean Telebas. So bringing into captivity is three words in English. But in the Greek, it's two words. Halosis acne. And it means to grab something. See, we've been wrestling with something and we, 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 we quite have not known how to get a hold of it. We know there's something that's tugging in an area of our life and, and we don't want it to be there. And we're saying, Lord, how is it that I'm going to deal with this thing? We're tugging at it. We're tugging at it. But still, it's not coming down. And so it means to grab something, to pull something down and subdue it. Say, neighbor, in this season, you're going to grab it, you're going to pull it down, and you're going to subdue it. And the word acme describes a spear or lance, the same kind that a Roman soldier had. The spear would run through the belly of the enemy. So when you identify what that thing is, you can't paddicate with it no more. You can't let it coexist with you no more. You're going to have to run the spear of the word of God through that thing. Say, neighbor, it's time to fight. And so the Lord has an answer for us. Thank God he has supplied the answer for complete freedom. And so my question to you is this, how much is freedom worth to you? Is it worth you fighting for it? Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm going to fight. My freedom is worth it.
So Paul uses some very descriptive words to let the believer know that there is a spiritual battle or war going on over your life. He lets us know how the enemy operates. He seeks to establish strongholds in the believer's life which produces captivity. Now, if you're going to understand how the enemy operates, you're going to have to become watchful over your mind. Not only while you are awake, but when you sleep. So, neighbor, Satan infiltrates your dreams. Now, I know this by revelation, and I'm going to share this with you tonight. But this is probably why so many men of God are falling. Not only are they not watchful during the daytime, but they're not watchful at night. And Satan sends succubus and incubus to visit you at night. The succubus visits men and the incubus visits uh, women. And all of a sudden, you have some kind of immoral experience at night. And Satan is looking to enslave you to immorality and uncleanness to the point when you get up, you feel guilty. You feel shame. You feel condemned. But if you got anything in you that lusts after unclean things, that thing takes a hold of you. And now you're wrestling with lust and don't know why. I got up one night, had an experience, and I felt so unclean. And I got up and I went to my prayer closet. And I prayed for almost two hours until I got complete victory. Because I know what season I'm in. And whenever you're about to step over into new season, the devil always come back in a season. And you got to begin to understand that there's no space off limit to the enemy. So even what happens to you at night got to be addressed by prayer. You got to go to war, but you can't handle that thing by yourself. Tell your neighbor, it's a neighbor. You need the Holy Ghost. And so me and the Holy Ghost went to war over that thing. And you don't know the struggle that I went through with that, that, that thing in the spirit. While praying and it condemning my mind as if I did something. But it was a visitation. So you have to understand how the satanic kingdom operates. If he can't interject thought in you while you are awake, he'll create thought in you while you are asleep. And so Paul uses the word war, warfare, weapons. And then he couples it with not carnal, not fleshy. So in other words, you're not going to wage war with flesh and blood. You can't get the victory trying to figure this thing out with your mind. And so he uses the word war. It's a military campaign in the area of contending with our carnal inclinations. This war. Satan wages against you is always against your carnal or your fleshly inclinations. This war is designed to make you struggle in opposition to the will of God for your life. You are contending with an enemy who wants to control your mind. Turn your neighbors and neighbor. I'm about to seal off every access point into my mind. 
So this means you got to be careful what you watch. This means you got to be careful what you listen to. Because what you listen to creates imagery in your mind. And this is why this generation is becoming demonized. Young children have rage and hatred in them. And don't know why they have rage and hate. It's a stronghold. Coupling on the edge of becoming possession. And what we give our eyes over to affects our minds. And so I've come to the place now that secular TV and me don't have a covenant. Because it's too demonically infiltrated. And so now if we want the power of the early church... We're going to have to do what the early church did. Apostolic community, they came together around the doctrine of the apostles and prayers and breaking up. In other words, they saturated themselves in the presence of God. Say, neighbor, you're going to have to major on the presence of God. People who pray 15 minutes. Pastors who pray 15 minutes. Saints who pray 15 minutes. Satan has you on his radar. I want to stir you up tonight. Matter of fact, some of y'all ain't even going to sleep through the night. Say, neighbor, set your clock for early morning prayer. So the enemy of our soul is a spirit but must operate against us through the area of human weakness. He uses our fleshly dispositions or bent, especially of the mind or will. He uses a likely, he uses a liking, whatever you like, whatever your desire is, whatever your preference is, he uses it. He looks for tendencies towards a certain condition, if it's to fear. And the Bible says the just shall live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. We declare, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But all of a sudden, the spirit of God leads you into a financial test. And Satan gets you to fear and gets you to worry and gets you to stress out to the point where now he contradicts you. When it comes to you really believing what you said, you said you believe. And now you got a stronghold of worry. You got a stronghold of fear. You got a stronghold of doubt. And now you don't trust God no more. And I'm going to help you out, apostle. Now you don't tithe no more. So we have to settle this thing. If we're going to learn how to really wage war, it has to be over the thought realm. Because God's thoughts must be, I love this right here, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. The word says thoughts to give, to give you a hope and a future. So God said, that's my thought right there. But Satan's thoughts is to cripple you. Satan's thoughts is to cause destruction in your life. But God says, my thoughts, if you begin to grab a hold of my thoughts, glory to God, I'm going to watch over my word and I'm going to bring it to pass. Does there anybody who still believe God in the 21st century that he will do what he said he will do? 
This is how we wage war. Jesus learned obedience by the things that he suffered. And if we're going to learn how to wage war, it's going to take obedience. Say neighbor. Obedience is your best defense against the enemy. I hope I'm just not making a whole lot of noise up in here. Are y'all all right? Now watch this now. He looks for tendencies towards a certain condition or action. These doors is what he exploits. So he cannot build a stronghold except that you give him a door. Close your eyes right now. I want everybody in the building, close your eyes right now. I want you to see the minutest of a door that you have opened up to the enemy. And that's the place in your life that you and the Holy Ghost, together as partners, are going to strip down brick by brick until you have total freedom and you get your fight back. I'm going to give you two more scriptures and I'm going to get out the way because I, I can't really finish all this. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 says this. Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Romans chapter 8 verse 15 says, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Fear is a stronghold. But ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba. When anything gets too tough for you to handle, you got to learn how to cry, Abba. Turn to your neighbors and neighbor. Don't ever lose your revelation of your relationship with Abba. So these two thoughts and I'm done. What is a stronghold? It is a well-fortified place in your life, namely the mind established by the enemy, strong imaginations, reasonings of thought that have become so strong that they hold you hostage. And if you got any place tonight where you've been held hostage, Employ you to ask God to set you free. It is a place in your mind the enemy builds a strong resistance against you being totally free. And a strong cold comes not just to cripple a small area of your life. It comes to ultimately control your entire life. Any area of your life that is out of your control, a stronghold has been established. This can be outward actions, a habit, things in the body, or an attitude of the mind. Strongholds can be invited when a believer does not live a pure life. A stronghold also is depicted as a place of holding slaves. Also a castle or figuratively an argument in your mind. 
How many of y'all ready for the arguments in your mind to stop? Hallelujah. Lift, lift, stand with me. Come on, stand with me. Stand with me. Lift those hands towards heaven. And I want you to talk to the Lord. Whatever those areas are of weakness, where you've been struggling, where the enemy seeks to establish his will, a fortress, an impenetrable fortress. Tonight, as you lift your hands towards heaven, I want you to talk to the Lord Jesus and ask the Holy Ghost to help you. For the Bible declares in the book of Romans that the spirit helpeth our infirmities. He helpeth our weaknesses. Whatever that area is, you've been struggling, you need freedom, the Holy Ghost. Come on, talk to him. Come on, open your mouth. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. Come on, open your mouth. Come on, open your mouth. Come on, open your mouth tonight. Come on, praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Freedom must come back. Liberty must come back. For the Bible declares that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty. The spirit of the Lord lives in you. He will help you brick by brick, pull that area down, glory to God, so that you can have total freedom in your life. Father, in the name of Jesus, we cancel the assignment of the enemy again uh, tonight against your people. We decree right now that by the spirit of a living God, the word has gone in for it is sharper than any two edged sword piercing even to the dividing of soul and spirit. It goes down into the, the deepest parts of the human being. Lord, it separates and it sifts and it analyzes. May the word of the living God go to the foundation of everything that's been established by the enemy. We uproot his thoughts tonight. We uproot his will tonight and we declare, Father, in the name of Jesus, that it is your will that is established in the lives of your people. And by the power of the Holy Ghost, by the blood of Jesus, by the authority of Jesus, we declare right now that your people are free. We break every yoke. We declare yokes be destroyed. We declare bondage be removed in the name of Jesus. And we give you praise. Now just give him some free worship tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 